welcome to the Bartow Jacket Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Cole. I'm here with my dad slash co-host, Jason, and producer, Jen. And we have a special guest. And she's your mom, too. Somebody brought that up to me, Cole. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Put me on the back burner. That's fine. <laughs> he always says, my dad, Jason, and producer, Jen. That's your mom, Cole. I know. <laughs> right, and who's welcome. our special guest? Uh, we got intern Wes on the phone. How you doing, Wes? Doing quite well, guys. Doing quite well. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for being here, and thank you for checking out the Lakeland Lake Gibson game last week, and we'll get to that in a little bit after we talk about Bartow. So we're 3-0, Cole. Yes, we are. 3-0, and, and and we finally know a little bit more about the Jackets and a little bit of more about Polk County football where everybody's kind of falling in line. So let's get right into the game against the Bloodhounds. Now, Mr. Edmund said something that's – uh, the last podcast that when we got to the game so when we got there we walked around to the visitor side um, if you don't know Bartow Memorial Stadium or whatever they're calling it now um, the visitor side is real steep and there wasn't that many Bloodhound fans over there so we went over there and sat at the very top so we could get a good view of the game and see how things were going and the first thing that we noticed Cole when we walked down on the field was what I'm putting you on the spot what, what did we, we notice? What did we notice about Auburndale when we got there and we stood on the fence? They had a big offensive line. They West. They were humongous. I have not seen an offensive line that big in a long time. Now, I ain't been to a lot of high school games in a long time either, but the uh, Auburndale Bloodhounds, they were very big on the offense and defensive lines. And it had me a little worried to begin with, but it started out and the Jackets handled them. Mm-hmm. Now they were getting in the backfield. They were putting pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run. Now, Wes, one of the things that happened in the game, I think it was number 20, right, Jen? From Auburndale. From yeah. Auburndale. He was a big running back, and he got hurt in the first quarter and had to leave by ambulance, and I don't know how he's doing. So hopefully, Prayers go out to him. Hopefully Definitely. he's better. It looked like a leg injury, um, but that, that – you know, that played into the game a little bit. I, I still think Barto would have won the game easily. Um, but he was a big back, and he was hard to bring down. So, you know, but I, just, I could not believe how big the offensive line was. Oh, they were. It was, it was impressive. But, hey, that doesn't matter. So, Cole, what, what were some of the things that stood out to you in that game against Armadale? And that was the first test against what we think was a – you know, a decent team. I think we played very well. First three quarters, we did great. But I felt like we were kind of sloppy in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we got a little sloppy with some penalties and stuff. So, um, Auburndale had a, a kid that threw the ball decent. Number um, six, I think was his He number. was nine for 28, 141 yards. He was averaging 15.7 yards a throw, and he threw for one touchdown. So, they were, they were getting us a little bit on the slant. Um the receiver on the right, I don't know his name, but they were getting us a little bit on the slant, but time and time again, Bartow's defense just kept showing up, showing up. And then offensively, you know, no team has had an answer for us offensively yet. I mean, our backs, solid running game again, um, throwing the ball all around the field. Wasn't um, Lynn's best game. So we'll get into that a little bit on the what you were talking about on the fourth quarter. But 
Uh, overall, solid, solid game by the Jackets, and we're three and zero. Yes, we are. And I want to shout out um, one of our defensive backs. They were about to throw a touchdown pass. I'm pretty sure it was on the two yard line. And oh, that was a great play. Oh yeah, cornerback read it perfectly. Got the pick. Saved a touchdown. The the offense put the defense in some bad situations, and we'll go ahead and jump right into what you were referring to in the fourth quarter. Um, not even the fourth quarter, part of the third and the fourth I quarter. I think it was like five minutes left in the third. Yeah. Um, for a second there, Wes, we thought they were going to come back on us. It was 20 to – I think it was 20 to 6, and we uh, – Lynn – I said he didn't have the greatest game. He had a good game. He had one interception. Um, but we were dropping the ball a lot, and we had some turnovers. Lynn was dropping the ball. I think the running back fumbled, like, on the 20-yard line and gave oh, him man. the ball back. So, for a second there, I was like, oh, crap. And and at halftime, I almost posted on the page how good we looked. And I was like, <laughs> we're back, you know. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. So, I was glad I didn't. But every time that Barto stumbled – the defense came right back out and, and gave the ball back to Barto. It was an outstanding performance by the defense. They gave up their first touchdown, and it, it kind of showed. They made reference to it when Auburndale did score the announcer that that was the first touchdown. And I, that's a lot. I, mean, I don't care who you play. If you go through three football games and you only give up six points on defense, you're doing a good job. Their touchdown wasn't in the red zone. I want to know that. <laughs> Their what? Their touchdown was not in the red zone. What was it? I think it was like a 40-yard pass. He threw it like the guy was at the 20, and then he caught it, and it was open field from there. Now, I'm talking about where they when we they fumbled, or we fumbled. Remember when they handed it off to the running back, and then he mm-hmm. fumbled and gave him the ball right back? That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But we came back out, and we stopped them right there. So you know what the best thing about being 3-0 and is, Cole? What? That you have the opportunity to be 4-0. Mm-hmm. I stole, I stole that from Coach Mullen of the Gators. So that might be the title of today's today's episode. So Wes, what questions do you have regarding Barto? I know you're now adopted Barto as your team, being that you're a <laughs> alumni of Lake Region, and we understand why you need yeah, another team. Not one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. But um, uh, it, it seems like you guys really uh, emphasized on. Uh, on that O line of, of those bloodhounds, would you would you say size wise were, were they a bit bigger than what what Barto was offering up front or no? They were way bigger than oh. Barto. They were way, way bigger. bigger. Than, yeah, when we had Mister Edmund and um, I don't want to call him out, but when we had Mister Edmund on the the podcast on Thursday, he was like, "Well, there's one thing that I know: they're not going to be any bigger than Jenkins." And I was like, "Okay," and he <laughs> said, "Well." They're not going to be any bigger, but they may have some, you know, more talent, this, that, the other, but they won't be as big. Well, let me tell you, they yeah. were bigger than Jenkins. I, I could not believe, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't, you know, in high school football, that doesn't mean everything, you know? In college. Yeah, of course. Yeah, college, you know, across the board, you're pretty much going to, you'll have your Alabamas and stuff like that, but for the most part, yeah. everybody's lining up, you know, equal somewhat. This right here, those boys outweighed us by a bunch. But Barto, our defensive line did good. I mean, right. the, yeah, but you know they were able to move the ball a little bit early, and we were sitting next to an Auburndale guy, who um, he was kind of annoying. 
<laughs> yeah, but he said some things that made a little bit of sense, and he was telling us how they like to run the big back early, and he gets worn down, and the offensive line gets worn down, and then they bring in the little scat back who played most of the game because the running back got hurt. And then, you know, he was saying in the second half, the offensive line couldn't run. You know, they were tired to block for the oh, little wow. scat back. So he, he did give us a little bit of – but then he got kicked out by the police for hitting on you. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was hitting on young girls, and somebody told on him. Oh, and goodness. Yeah. It was, it was kind of – he needed to go. But <laughs> we didn't tell on him. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, Jen was worried about being on the visitor side. She's like, "Can I? Can I cheer?" I was like, "You can cheer, but we just won't be obnoxious. You know, we're not gonna be standing up and going crazy over here. We'll respect." I stood up that one time. That was that was awesome. <laughs> I think I stood up and screamed when we stopped them on on inches and goal line. I mean, and we stopped them. Our defense just stopped them. I was like, "Whoa!" Oh, so. I'm gonna sit down now. <laughs> It was fun seeing the game from that angle over there. And Cole got to see the plays develop and the holes open up and and how we were moving, you know, on defense, people sliding over and why they were sliding over. So it was a good vantage point. We might have to go over to the visitor side yeah, of the time. I think we're going to set a little press box over on that side yeah, for the podcast. I was good with that. We'll just have to get there early to get up there in the top middle yeah. looking down. But, but after three games, um, I'm now I'm here to say that you know, and we'll find out more from you, Wes, on how Lake Gibson and Lakeland look. But um, Bartow can play with anybody. So I'm confident right now that if we went to the playoffs and we had to play Lakeland, that, you know, Bartow can make that a ball game. I was actually going to ask you, um, now that we're 3-0, how do you think? Like, what's your honest opinion on Bartow now that you just answered that? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm taking away from it. The, the fact that we have a chance to go 4-0 uh, this week against Durant, um, that game was – it was supposed to be Bartow's bye week. So if you're listening to this Bart, and you weren't at the game and he- heard the announcement, Bartow will be playing Durant this Friday night. Um, okay. We, we should be able to win that game um, from what I've seen already. Um, but – it was supposed to be a bye. Kathleen came down with COVID. So we played uh, Kathleen on October 10th. So that will now be our bye week. And Durant was scheduled to play Kathleen this week. So we moved in and played them. So our bye week will be October 10th, which works Ninth. out because our October 9th, because we were going to be out of town. So that worked out well. So what, what do you say as far as the team, Cole? Um. 3 and we have a chance to go four and zero, like you said. If we win this game, we have a chance to go five and zero. I mean, it just keeps going from there. And if our team keeps playing like this, I don't, I don't even know. Like, well, it, it's, it's a, it's, it's gonna a, be crazy. It's a special thing, and and we talk a lot about coaching throughout the first few episodes, and it was on display again with Barto. Um, I I was talking to Shandron Tolly, who we. You know, we talked about him being the best quarterback for Bartu. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him today a little bit, and he was telling me about some players around the county that were at Bartu at one time before Coach Tate came. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting this, to hear all the players that, you know, either didn't play football or left Bartu to go to another school because um, they just didn't feel like the coaching was at the level it needed to be. And um, now you're going to see – where players are trying to get into Bartow 
because of the coaching that we have. Oh yeah. And you know, that's a great thing. And we have that with our basketball program. I'm sure that we have that with our cheerleading program. And now with coach Tate there, you're going to start seeing some of these players um, starting to want to come to Bartow just because of what coach Tate is building there. And that's a, that's an awesome thing. You got any other questions about the game for me, Cole? No. Wes, you got any questions about Bar 2? Uh, absolutely. So, defensive-wise, it seems like you guys are pretty sound there. Um, I don't recall what's the most points they've given up. What's that number? Six. Six. So, we gave up six, six. against wow. Jenkins and six against Auburndale, but the six against Jenkins was... We actually gave up seven. Kickoff return. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I was told, the kid that ran back the kickoff for Jenkins that scored the touchdown, he was a bar two kid. He was. So, I, oh, you know, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll say allegedly on that, but, you know, that's one of the things <laughs> that I was told today that, that he was actually in bar two and left for Jenkins. So... Bartow's only given up six points, and West they, the defense is, um, we, they've got some playmakers that we've talked about, but they're just a stingy group that mm-hmm. goes out there, and no matter what happens, it just they just have this confidence and swag about them that they're not giving up points. So you know, anytime somebody's going up against Bartow, they're they're gonna, like Mr. Uh, Edmund said, they're going to have to buckle them up tight. And, Our uh, defense has a willing to fight. To not give up those points. Mm-hmm. They're doing great. Yeah, yeah what they stopped too when we, when we uh, fumbled and They're, the two they were in the red zone twice they and they didn't score twice. either. And they I mean I'm saying they were inches from the goal. Yeah, they, they had a Wow. Yeah, an interception on the two yard line. And then we sacked them on uh fourth and goal on yeah, the second and one. A turnover awesome. on down. So Barto is just a stingy group and excellent play calling by the defensive coordinator. And anybody that we play, you know, unless they're just an awesome offensive team, you know, I, I think that our defense and our offense is going to keep us in every game the rest of the way. Wow. Impressive stuff. So it sounds like, you know, given that you guys are putting up points, I think that was the least amount of points you guys put up uh, going up against the Bloodhounds being 20. But, you know, it sounds like both sides of the ball are kind of feeding off of each other, and that's really benefiting, of course. You know, you, you, you'd rather not have one side just be significantly stronger than the other, of course. And it sounds like they're pretty balanced. Um, Lynn Johnson in that, in that O running down the field, scoring it sounds like quite often, uh, given the couple scores that I've seen, given the previous game. Um, and then that defense, as you guys were just talking about being as impressive as they've been, only giving up a high of six points. I mean, you don't see that all too often, often with teams, of course, and – you know, they just went up uh, against a pretty talented group in, in Arbondale, I'd say. Um, and we're only able to, you know, or not only rather, but they were able to hold them to six points. So I got to say, that's pretty impressive. It sounds like both sides of the bar are doing really well this year thus far. Yeah, and that's the biggest takeaway that I get um, from this game was we did not play great. You know, we didn't play a great game. We had a lot of penalties again. We were turning the ball over. Lane had an interception. We had some fumbles. Was that his first interception? Um, yeah, I think that was the first one. But, you know, we didn't play the cleanest game on both sides of the ball. Hey, but we still got but the job we done. dominated them. And, and when you're able to make mistakes and still dominate a game, that mm-hmm. says a lot about your football team. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. Now, I know say. Coach Tate is, you know, he's listening back to this, and he's like, yeah, well, we can't make those mistakes. And I agree with him. 
when you go up against uh, Winter Haven, we're not playing Kathleen now. So when we go up against Winter Haven and Lake Wales, you can't make those mistakes. So uh, Jacket players, if you're listening, we got to clean those things up. Um, the, ref, the referees weren't the greatest. I want to, where we were sitting, um, I don't know what you call it, I guess the line judge, but the, the referee who marks the ball down, I have to say this because of where we were sitting, he, it was, um, remember the play when they brought out the chains yes. and measured? Yes. Well, this guy <laughs> spotted the ball and he looked back to see where the line marker was and he was two yards off the first down marker. And he oh, ran man. diagonally over to where the ball was and just put his right <laughs> foot down. And then they caught out the chains, and he was clearly over the line from where we were sitting. And then they brought out the chains, and it was a turnover on down. So so to that um, referee, you can't find me for what I'm saying. You could do Coach Tate if he was here, but um, <laughs> that was terrible. You have one job, stay with the play, put your foot down and mark it, and then let your buddies – you know, lining up with you and then walk straight to him. But he did, uh, you know, they make mistakes too. They're high school officiators, you know, so it is what it is. It didn't cost us the game, but it was a big play. But I'm not sure if that was the drive they scored on or not. But No, I don't think it was, but still. That, I mean, that was that, that was awful by him. So <laughs> we sent uh, intern West was um, – Gracious enough to go to the Lakeland Lake Gibson game. And one of the reasons why we asked him to go to that game is one, I knew if he said yes, he was going to be going to a great high school football game. That was number one. And then number two is I kind of wanted somebody to put their eyes on Lakeland and not just, you know, wake up and look in the paper and see that it was a great game. Like we knew it would be, but I wanted to get is a chance that we play Lakeland in the playoffs. So if we were to get to Lakeland, that the Bartow Jacket Breakdown podcast has a little bit of scouting report on Lakeland. So, Wes, what can you tell us about that game? First of all, how was it? How was the atmosphere? How was the whole thing? Well, from from literally getting out of the car to getting back into the car, electrifying, if I had to use one word, um, from, from the atmosphere of the game, I mean, the players themselves on both respective teams, the crowd, the cheerleaders, the the uh, the band, I mean, you name it, the coaches, everyone, you know, they were so hyped and just everyone's attitude was, was on a whole nother level, of course, in, in a good way. And uh, you could tell both teams were just ready to put it all out on the field, give it their all, and, and both teams were definitely there to try and get that victory. Um and move on with the rest of their season. You know, they were both there to take care of business, and I definitely, without a doubt, saw that on the field play out. Could you tell on the field, I mean, we know it was a close game, but could you tell on the field at all that Lake Gibson had two games under their belt and Lakeland was just their first game? Or did Lakeland look pretty sharp? Oops. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Someone's not a fan of Lakeland. <laughs> no. Um, to answer your question. Oh, man. Sorry, That's guys. That's all right. We got but, it. This is real life, it's people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to answer your question, though, yeah, you could, you could definitely see it, especially more so the first half of, of the football game. Um, both games, or excuse me, both teams throughout the whole game. Um, um, played pretty well. 
however, with Lakeland, I noticed, and this was more so throughout the whole game, unfortunately, um, they just couldn't seem to get away from the penalties. Um, and while that might have a, a little bit to do with, you know, some discipline and, and, and players still maturing um, and, and growing, if you will, um, it might have to do with it being, um, for any listeners who don't know, of course, this is Lakeland's first game um, for the third weekend for most teams who, like uh, the Yellow Jackets, were playing the Bloodhounds their third game of the season. This was um, the Dreadnoughts' first game. Um, so nothing under their belt besides some, maybe some practice and some scrimmages. Um, and with that being said, penalty-wise, um, I was able to keep track for the most part. Um, and the Dreadnoughts ended up with a total of 12 um, compared to the Braves. That's Lake Gibson, of course, only four. Um, so they quadrupled Lake Gibson's penalties. And I, I, I mean, I have to think that surely because of them just not having anything under their belt um, and being able to really fine and tune down on, on not, you know, breaking out of character. And, you know, there's was, there was one or two uh, more so personal fouls on Lakeland's part that they definitely could have avoided. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I, I definitely saw that in Lakeland. Um, but nonetheless, they, they did come out and still play some good football. Who stood out to you for both teams? I heard that Lake Gibson had a really good safety on their team, but I don't know much about Lakeland this year. Is there any players that stood out to you um, a lot? As far as what I got down, um, key players with Lake Gibson, um, they got a great junior quarterback in Logan Hackett, number 12. Uh, he, he performed all right. Um, not too bad of a game for him. Seven for 18, a touchdown, a beautiful touchdown to uh, their, one of their standout wide receivers. Uh, Sam McCall, I believe is his name. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Hopefully so. Uh, 80 yards down the field. It was it was like the first or second play, I believe, for Lake Gibson. It was very early on in the game. Um, first quarter, I want to say. So, so, you know, Logan Logan's performing pretty well. Um, I'm not going to spoil the end and, and, you know, what happened with him um, just yet. Uh, Jalen Glover, running back out of Lake Gibson, performed very well. Prior to that game, I had already heard about him a little bit uh, via some research I was doing. So he ended up with two touchdowns on the day as well, uh, a nine-yard scamper into the end zone, and then a, actually an, a 45-yarder as well. Um, so kudos to Jalen Glover. Um, he was definitely out there putting on a show. Um, and then, of course, Sam McCall. I think he ended the day with three receptions. Um, I don't want to call those total yardage off the top of my head. Um, I just know that one play, first or second play, I believe, to like gets an 80 yards. Um, and and to, to put a little more information regarding that one play, he was he was doubled, too. And I think he just went on a fly route, just straight down the sideline almost, and, and just mossed up one, I believe, one dreadnought and another one accidentally maybe run past him. And he just – he snagged that ball in, and he took off down the field, and there was just no catching him. Um, really? So for the Braves, those are some players. Those are some players that I would call out for the Braves. All right. Was there a question? Well, Lakeland, who stood out for you for Lakeland? Yes. So for Lakeland, yeah. Um, I didn't get it. Well, no, I do have a name. Mr. Reggie Cullum, senior running back. Um, he actually ended up with 14 carries for 127 yards. Um, 
That man can run. He can run. And believe it or not, who else could run? Almost up to his standards, Mr. Mason Martin, quarterback uh, for the Dreadnoughts as well. Um, unfortunately, uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say this: he's not as not as good throwing. Unfortunately, even though despite him being the quarterback, he didn't have the best throwing or the best passing game. Uh, but running wise, even Mr. Mason Martin, their quarterback, the Dreadnoughts. Uh, had eight carries for 118 yards. Um, and Reggie, the running back, as I stated, um, ended up with one or two touchdowns. Um, and Mason Martin, if I'm not mistaken, uh, handed it off to the running back. It fumbled. The ball bounces back to him, and he takes off 60 yards down the sideline. No one could catch him, and he's into the end zone for a dreadnought touchdown. Really? Um, That's crazy. So big, big shout-out for those two guys. So it sounds like they're heavy on the run and with a dual quarterback. And it seems like Lakeland's always kind of been that way. They've always seemed to have a really good back and a running quarterback year in and year out. Oh, yeah, with, without a doubt. Um, I'd say that's definitely their strength right now. Um, if It's not their strength. It's definitely something they were going to quite often. Uh, Mason Martin, unfortunately, only finished about one for five or one for six, I believe. Um and with that pass, it was only about three yards out. I uh, didn't go very far, of course. Um, but as far as running, that man, he could he could run. He could run uh, better than most quarterbacks that I've seen. Um, so as I said again, he had over 100 yards rushing as a quarterback. You know, you don't see that too often. Um, so big kudos to him as well. well. We definitely appreciate you going to that game and checking it out and letting the listeners get a little inside scoop on Lake Lakeland and Lake Gibson. So Lake Gibson – um, they put up some points early, I think against Haynes City, and they beat the Bloodhounds, and then they go in the Lakeland. So Lake Gibson's for real then. Because you always know Lakeland's going to have a good team. They're always going to be there. They're maybe not as high as years past, but um, it sounds like Lake Gibson's got a good squad this year. Oh, yeah. Both both teams performed uh, very well, and, and I can actually go down and, and kind of break down the score for you, kind of give you a not necessarily play by play, but score by score, if you will, real quick. Um, so to, to not jump the gun here, I'll just go quarter by quarter. Um, so in quarter one, we had Lakeland. Um, let me note real quick: a lot of big plays here. Um, I believe I'm looking at my notes here. The shortest touchdown was nine yards. However, outside of that, there's a lot of big plays. Um, so back to the top here, I got Lakeland scoring right off the gun. 75 yards rushing touchdown. Uh, they get the PAT to put them up early in the first quarter, of course, 7-0. Uh, Lake Gibson comes back with that beautiful uh, pass by Hackett to uh, Mr. McCall on the outside in, in double coverage. Um, 80 yards again. The PAT was actually no good. I think he just whiffed that one just barely. I don't, I don't believe that was a block. Um, so 7-6, the Dreadnoughts were up um, going into quarter two. Uh, Lake Gibson comes back with a, that nine-yard rushing touchdown. Mr. Jalen Glover, who has quite a game himself, over 100 rushing yards as well. PAT is good there, 13-7 in favor of Lake Gibson. Uh, then we have the Dreadnought coming right back again. Once again, like I said, another big play, 60-yard rushing touchdown, 60 yards. Um, and that was actually Mr. Mason Martin, the quarterback. Uh, like I said, he hands the ball right up for like a halfback draw. He gets punched out by a Braves defender. He scoops it up. He doesn't hesitate. Takes off down the left side of the of the field from where I was sitting, 
and he was gone and, and never to be seen again besides the end zone. Uh, so that and the PT was good there as well. 14-13, dreadnoughts. Blake Gibson drives down, unfortunately, uh, unable to convert on third down. They come to fourth. They get a 15-yard field goal. They are now up 16-14. Uh, dreadnoughts come back fourth quarter now. You know, it's, it's time to clutch up get, uh, the Braves are up 2.16-14, as I said. So it's a it's a pretty close game all throughout. Um, I mean, the, like I said, from the very get-go, the fans, the, the students, the, the players, everyone, you know, they, it was, the whole atmosphere was, was just crazy. Um, but back to the game, of course, Lakeland comes back, 28-yard field goal, beautiful field goal by their, their kicker. Um, puts them up 17-16 in the fourth quarter again, close game. Gibson comes back, 45-yard rushing touchdown. Um, that was, again, by Mr. Jalen Glover. Uh, they go for a two-point conversion, actually, on that play, and unfortunately, they just fell short. So that puts them up, but uh, only 22-17 to 17 there where they, you know, they could have converted just a field goal and been up 23, but they fell to two-point, 22-17. The Dreadnoughts come back, 65-yard rushing touchdown. I believe that was Reggie Colum, their senior running back, either first or second. That might have been the second touchdown of the day. 65 yards down all the way to the end zone to put them up to 23-22. And they, of course, went for the two-point as well to try and really secure the game towards the end there. They unfortunately failed. Uh, and, they, and the Dreadnoughts are up 23-22 at that point. Of course, they wanted that two-point to try and be up by three in case Braves were able to sneak in a field goal, maybe go into OT. Um, and I'll go ahead and, and fill off the game here. Fourth and eight, Logan Hackett. It, 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 it's go big or go home at this point. I believe there's like a little less than two minutes, two and a half minutes maybe at this point in the game. Fourth and eight, throws a bomb all the way down the field. Um that unfortunately he threw it into some heavy coverage down there. There's probably two or three dreadnoughts uh, compared to, I believe, maybe one Braves receiver towards the 50-yard line. And then it was unfortunately intercepted by a dreadnought. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't have his name, but uh, if, I had to, if I had to give an MVP award, it, it might be to that, that dreadnought who caught that interception and pretty much killed that game. Um, the Braves started off maybe their 5- or 10-yard line. Um, so it was definitely going to be a tough feat for them to, to accomplish. Um, but they had showed out all game, and they were looking to do so here at the end. And unfortunately, Mr. Logan Hackett ends up throwing that interception at the very end, which pretty much killed the victory for the Dreadnoughts. And they move on to 1-0 and in their delayed season, um, and they're looking very good. Um, and their running game is looking very good, too. So to, to add on to what you were mentioning earlier as far as Lakeland's, let's say, strength, uh, they're running game. They're, they're running games quite well. Uh, Mr. Martin again had a one for five, one for six game. So very minimal, almost as minimal as you can get in terms of passing. So for, for those future opponents, maybe those yellow jackets, hey, if you guys can, can control that run game, you might be in a good position. It sounds like we were right as far as the game of the week. Um, you got to see a really good, intense, exciting football game. So we're glad about that. From start to finish, it was a good game. 
If, if Bartow didn't play, we definitely would have been there because I knew that was going to be a good game. Um, oh, constant nail biter, oh, yeah. intense, yeah. It's on we the don't edge want, of your seat kind of game. Those are the best. We don't want the jacket games to be like that. We just want to blow everybody <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, it was, it was a thrilling game, uh, a thrilling experience. You know, despite I was there, pen and paper, writing things down, jotting some notes down. Um, oh, they thought you were a scout. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They did. I had some <laughs> individuals behind me to my right. You know, my wife's kind of, my, my lovely wife there, of course, with me by my side. And she's looking around and she's like, those those people keep looking at you. <laughs> Maybe they think you're a scout. And I was like, probably. And I, I think for one, initially they were trying to see what I was writing. And then I think I heard them whispering, figuring out what I was writing. And then they really started to lean forward. I think they were trying to find a logo, maybe a college logo <laughs> on my shirt there. I thought that was really funny. I, I was telling my, my wife, Jamie, of course, I was like, maybe I should tell them, you know, hey, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with the college. I just can't tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great experience from beginning to end. Uh, quick note as well, seven total lead changes throughout the game there at Thomas Bryant Stadium. Just, I mean, it was it was exciting. Um, that was actually my first game that I've attended um, at Thomas Bryant Stadium, and needless to say, I don't think it'll be my last. Yeah, that's um, a great atmosphere. From start to finish. Yeah, the, oh yeah, that stadium, and I haven't been to a football game at Lakeland Christian yet, but um, been to some soccer matches there, and. Uh, they have a outstanding field and atmosphere there for football, but you can't for a high school game. You can't beat the dreadnoughts experience for a high school game, and maybe one day, you know, in Barto, we can get there with the scoreboard and the turf field and all that. But um, again, thank you for going to that game, and you mentioned um, the player of the game and the game you were at. So, Cole, we need to get to that for the Barto game. But before we do, let's thank uh, some sponsors that make this show possible. Uh, Crosswired Electric and Bartow. Crosswired Electric's got you covered for all your electrical needs. The Holiday Inn Express and Bartow. Holiday Inn Express and Bartow, we thank you for your continued support. Jan? Uh, live and love local Bartow. If you haven't liked their uh facebook page yet please go do so and mention that you've heard about their page uh, from our podcast there is a weekly drawing um for a restaurant down in main on main street for a free dinner so definitely go and like their page and who doesn't love a free dinner and also evolve lawn and landscape evolve lawn and landscape check them out on facebook and excellence realty elaine sanders excellence realty Follow all those sponsors on Facebook. We thank them for their continued support of the Bartow Jacket Breakdown Podcast. All right, Cole, here it is. Player of the game for Bartow. Offensively, defensively, who are you taking? Offensively and defensively, Dathan Davis. Dathan Davis. For both. Cole, I cannot argue with you at all. Two offensive touchdowns. Wow. I'm pretty sure somebody said that he had three sacks. He played West. This kid oh, is amazing. Man. So what he, position does he play? He plays. You name it. He plays wide receiver. <laughs> he's starting wide receiver. And from what I can tell, he's just. I mean, he's always out there on offense. On defense, he'll come in on big plays and are just certain drives and plays defensive end. 
Um, this kid is just a beast. He looks like a man playing amongst boys. Uh, they threw a curl route, which I've tried to upload because Cole actually videoed, uh, recorded it, but it will not post to the page for some reason. So I'm going to try after we get off here to do it again. But he caught a nice little 15-yard curl route, turns, balls on the dime, boom, and then breaks three or four tackles to the end zone. Um, From the day oh, that I wow. saw this this guy at the first practice that I went to, I knew he was going to be something good. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's, yeah, Cole's been talking about Dathan Davis for a little while. And for some reason, he, he was not in the program, so we had to do some research. And we knew he was a playmaker, and we got his name, and he just had a great game. I know he had a couple sacks, um, but it just – it's amazing to see how this kid was just they, – they couldn't do anything against him. And um, like I said, he was on the basketball team. I believe he's like 6'6". Not sure of his weight, but he is one of Lynn's wow. favorite targets. And if you single cover him, game's over. You, <laughs> I mean, it's just a jump ball. You just throw a fade to the corner, and he's going to out-jump whoever's on him. So you've got to double-team him. To have any shot against Barto, but that plays into Barto's hands. If you do, if you try to take him out of the game, well, we have other weapons that are, you know, our coaches are going to dial up those plays. So, congratulations to Dathan Davis and the entire Barto Yellow Jacket team. Super proud. Three super and oh. proud. Super proud of you Brad boys. Guy. Three and no. Oh. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that about wraps this show up. Again, we want to thank. Uh, Wes for going to the game and, and giving us that outstanding breakdown of the Lakeland Lee Gibson game. We appreciate you. It was a pleasure. And um, I have I have one thing uh-huh. I gotta say. I, I, um, this is exciting. Uh oh. What? We're number ninety eight in Florida. They moved up. They so. moved up in the top one hundred. I was gonna say. That. And that's just gonna keep happening. Um, I just want to go on record and say Barto is three and zero since we've been doing Wait, the what? jacket podcast. Wait, what? We're three and a. Wait, what? <laughs> three and a. We are undefeated, Cole. Barto is undefeated Woo-hoo! since we've been doing a, a, a podcast. So the, our national ranking is one thousand one hundred and fifty-six. Now nah, we're just worried about the Florida ranking right now. Yeah, baby steps, sounds, baby Yeah, steps. that sounds a lot better. Hey, we're top one hundred in Florida. I'm just saying. All right, Wes. So let us know when you and your wife want to go to a Barto game. Look at the schedule and see when you know a game is that you can come see this team live in person. Would love to have y'all out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything for us? Absolutely. Do you have anything uh, else no, for not us? No, necessarily. I I, def- I definitely appreciate you guys all having me on. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was a blast. And who knows? Maybe this maybe this won't be the the last episode that I'm on. Oh, uh, we haven't heard the last. As far of, as, we as, haven't heard as the as last of Wes like, yet. Yeah, you have a lot of, you know, you're the intern, oh. but you can move up here. So. <laughs> and we appreciate all the information that you give us every week about Absolutely. every game. Absolutely. So go ahead. Go Absolutely, ahead. And, go ahead and finish what you were saying I, before I rudely interrupted you. Oh, uh, no, you're fine. Uh, yeah, but I was going to mention, yeah, as far as a Yellow Jackets game, 3-0, and we got Mr. Davis winning the, that MVP from you guys, honorable mention. I mean, it's going to have to be sooner rather than later. So, we'll, once again, as, as you said, uh, I'll have to check out that schedule and, and see what's coming up here very shortly because uh, I'm excited to watch some Yellow Jackets football and, and potentially see them go 4-0. Yeah, so, and, and, and that's one of, the, one of the reasons, and you know enough about football, where you can look in the paper and see stuff, but you now have put your eyes on Lake Glenn and Lake Gibson. 
So when you get to oh, yeah. watch Barto live, then that'll be great to hear your perspective on how we kind of, you think we would match up against the Lakeland. So we definitely want to do that and have you on anytime that you want or any other game you want to check out to let the fans know. Um, again, we just appreciate the support and uh, we look forward to hopefully going 4 now. Cole, you got anything Absolutely. before we get out of here? Not really. Chance to go Forno. <laughs> well, everybody. He's a man of many words today. Um, it, it, it's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun to, um, you know, we were leaving the, the stadium the other day and Mr. Fred Roden, we passed and he said to me and Cole that he loved the podcast. And um, just seeing the analytics and the numbers each week of the shows and episodes continue to go up. And um, it's just a fun thing that we're doing. And we thank everybody out there that's clicking and subscribing and liking and, and doing all that and listening. So we couldn't do it without you guys. We appreciate it. Well, hopefully we're serving a purpose that's needed. And um, support our local teams. All right. So with that being said, we're going 4-0 Thursday. We'll come back and we'll really break down Durant and the Bartow Yellow Jacket game. But until then, I'm Jason for Cole, producer Jen, intern Wes. We thank you, and we'll see you on Thursday. Peace. Deuces.